The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Anyway, uh, welcome once again. You may notice here at the, at the front here that we have a table with a plate that is very, very, very full of food. And there is an expression in the English colloquial language that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and that expression is that we want to remove something from your plate. I want to help you by removing something from your plate. But if I have a plate on Thanksgiving Day here in a few days, and I have food on it, I don't want you removing anything from it. Okay, I put it on there for a reason, and I highly recommend you to not remove anything from my plate, because at the time I probably have a knife and fork in my hands. So don't remove something from my plate. Nonetheless, however, we understand what that phrase means. We say, I want to remove something from your plate. It means I want to help you. I want to remove uh, some anxiety, a problem, a burden from you. I want to help you in some way. Some of you are going to be thrilled with the message this morning because I want to remove something from your plate. I want to remove something that perhaps has been there for a number of years, something that may bring you spiritual guilt and anxiety, and you've been wondering, what do I do about this? We're going to take a look at that this morning, and uh, you'll be so happy. So let's, uh, let's pray as we launch into that. Would you pray with me? Father, I know that... Uh, most here in this room have a whole lot on their plate. Their plates are full, and there's always a juggling, always a balance in terms of what happens on there, what, what goes on the plate. And there's a lot of guilt that's connected with that. And so, Father, I pray for your wisdom and clarity here in this room as you would help us to identify uh, what you want us to have on our plate and how you want to use our mind and our, and our hearts to uh, have your impact on the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're new with us, uh, we are actually wrapping up a year-long journey called AD. We've been calling 2012 Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. The whole year we've been looking at what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And we've been looking at stages of those relationships. A few weeks back, we entered into the final stage of this journey that is called mission. That if you are a follower of Christ, then you are together with him for a reason. It's not just checking off a box for your eternity. He has a plan, something that he wants to do with you. And today, we are wrapping up this uh, this idea of mission, we're, in fact, we're wrapping up the whole series. Last week, with regard to the mission, we talked about us being intentional with the relationships that we naturally have in life. Us being intentional with those relationships to, to uh, invite in the presence and the power and the love of Jesus into some of those relationships. That we are to have an impact on our world but today we're going beyond that and talking about the fact that we are to have an impact on the world. That there is the, the, the idea that we are to have, we are to be intentional about relationships that are outside of our natural relationships. And that whole idea can create a, uh, some anxiety. What do we do with that? How, are we how is it supposed to work? How am I supposed to reach beyond my own world and have an impact on the world around me? We may watch commercials about how uh, kids are starving in other parts of the world. And maybe you don't want to watch those commercials. Maybe there's discomfort there. What is the response supposed to be? You may feel like you're having a hard time keeping up with the Joneses in your community, in your neighborhood. But then periodically you get reminded that you are one of the most wealthy people of the world. You are of the richest, one of the richest people in the world. There's a website 
called globalrichlist.com. And this is what it looks like. And it's a very simple website. Uh, and it has there in yellow, it says, My Annual Income. And, and you can click in U.S. Dollars. And you input your annual income and find out where you stack around the world. The median income uh, for persons in the United States is $53,000. You plug $53,000 into that, and you will discover that you are the 57, almost 58th millionth richest person in the world. How does that make you feel? Uh, you are in the top 0.96% of the richest people in the world. You're in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. There you are all the way to the very end at $53,000. If you input it on this table, $2,000, this is where you would land. $2,000 annual income. You are uh, just under the billionth richest person in the world. You are in the top 17.6% of the richest people in the world at $2,000 a year. That's about what I make, made when I uh, delivered two paper routes as a kid. About two grand. You're still in the top 18% of the richest people in the world. What are we supposed to do with that information? We hear about, we read about, we see the, the many, the millions who are starving around the world and in our own city and in our own country. And what is, what is our response supposed to be to that? How, how are we supposed to act in response to that? Is it optional for us to be stirred by that and do something about it? Is it optional? We're very much interested in what's optional versus what's mandatory. I mean, we learned this as kids. It's the way, for most of us, it's the way our educational system works. That you're taught something by the teacher, and how many of you at one point said, is this going to be on the test? Is this going to be on the final exam? Whatever. We say, is this going to be on? Because if it's mandatory learning, I'm in, and I'll prep for it. At least most of you did that. <laughs> if it's optional learning, however, just for the fun of it, I'd rather play basketball. I mean, we just kind of be honest. We want to know what's optional and what's not optional. When the mechanic calls and then uh, emails you or texts you a list of things that are wrong with your vehicle, we want to know which things on that list are optional and which are mandatory. At a recent checkup, my wife's van has questionable engine mount, has a questionable engine mount. It's still functioning, but it could go at any time. All right, well, what does that mean? Like, it needs to be taken care of or for the safety of our family, for our kids, or is it optional? Because if it's optional, give me the keys. I'm, I'm okay. We want to know what's optional and what's not. And we bring that into our faith journey. We bring that into the church. We bring that into our walk with Christ. What things are optional and what things are not optional? We have a high value here at Mountain Park for Scripture. We have an invitation for you a couple months ago to join us on a 16-month journey of walking through the Bible, reading through the Bible through the end of 2013. You can go to mountainpark.org, our website, and at, uh, at the bottom of the page there, it says uh, Bible reading plan, and you can jump in and join us, and it'd be great. We'd love it. We're in Deuteronomy right now. It'd be great for you to come join us. Is that an optional journey for you to join us on reading through the Bible? Absolutely. It will not be on the final exam. We have a high value for uh, loving people here 
And it's holiday season, so there are a lot of different options. You've got the Thanksgiving boxes, which many of you have been participating in. You'll see in the lobby we've got the uh, 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 Christmas shoebox project where we fill up a shoebox and send it to less fortunate kids around the world and love on them in that way. We've got the angel tree, which is over there uh, in the lobby and to the right, where you take an angel a card that is information about a child in our city here whose parents, one or both parents, are incarcerated over the holidays, and we can be a blessing to those families. Angel Tree. Are those things that are part of the holiday uh, 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 deal here at Mountain Park, are those things optional? Absolutely. They will not be on the final exam. So what about this whole idea of having a global impact? What about this whole idea of, of being intentional outside of our relationships and having an impact around the world. Isn't it possible that for some people that's important and that stirs their hearts and for others who are devout followers of Christ, that's just not that significant? It's just not that important? Isn't it possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is optional. Because the, uh, uh, here we've been on our journey a whole year, and we've talked about a number of things. We can't just say everything is top priority. We, this year we've talked, we've been challenged in a number of ways. Uh, some things are going are to uh, fit with certain stages of our lives. So what I want to say is that on this plate of yours that is so full, what I want to say today is I want to take this big hunk of meat. Check that out. This big, meaty, guilt-ridden piece about your uh, uh, requirement to be a part of the, the global plan of God, and I want to remove it from your plate. I want to take it off your plate. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? And then, and then I, like all of you, at one point, uh, will stand before God, and I'll say, uh, and God will say, Alan, show me your plate. And I'll be happy to say it is a full plate. I have done a, a reasonable job loving my family. Uh, good days, bad days there, but I, I believe and I understand that that has been my calling and my, uh, uh, a mandate for me. That I have uh, worked hard at Mountain Park Community Church and I've enjoyed the opportunity to do that. And uh, there's been a number of places of integrity where I've tried to make good decisions that I have never... Uh, downloaded library CDs onto my iTunes. That's what these uh, P's represent. And so there's lots that I did not do, and they've made it on my plate. And then God may say, uh, 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 in the words of an old Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? And I'll say, well, I've, I've removed that from my plate so that I can make room for other things which I have been very excited about and which I feel like I've done a, a fairly good job at. Good things. Did I mention the library CDs? Because that was a big deal at times because 99 cents can really add up. You understand what I'm saying there? It's a lot of, lot of 99 cents. And then God may say, why did you remove the meat? And then I might say, well... It's optional. I even told the church that. Told, told the whole church that. It was one Sunday. It was great. A lot of people were relieved. It was, it was a good um, Sunday. Because there's only so much we can do, right? You're a reasonable God. There's only so much we can fit on the plate. And we get to choose which things are, are important to, and all this. Isn't that right, God? Isn't that the way it works? And then God may say, I, I, I want you to revisit what Jesus said at the end of Matthew 28. 
We looked at this when we launched into the mission journey, the great commission of Jesus. Right at the very end of Matthew 28, in verse 18, the last few verses of the book of Matthew, it's written, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission. And then God might uh, remind me that Jesus had similar words to say that were captured at the end of each of the four Gospels. That it wasn't just the book of Matthew that said, yeah, this is important for me. There are four versions of the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was the book of Matthew. You don't need to turn here. Uh, You you can if you'd like. Uh, These are listed in your uh, sheet you received on the way in. But at the end of Mark, chapter 16, Jesus says this in verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Right at the end of the book of Mark. And then the next gospel is the book of Luke. And Luke is uh, basically part one of a two-part story written by Luke. And it's referred to as Luke-Acts, that Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. It's one total piece. So when we turn into the beginning of the book of Acts, we see the last words of Jesus in Luke's version of the story. It carries over into the book of Acts. Chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Luke writes, The words of Jesus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then in the last gospel, the fourth gospel, the gospel of John, in the 20th chapter... You just flip uh, one page back. In the 20th chapter, verse 21, Jesus says, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And I would add there, my understanding of that is I'm sending you on a mission to impact your world, to impact the world. God might say, not to mention the consistent theme throughout Scripture that it is God's heart to reach the nations of the world. And then God might say, how exactly do you understand that to be optional? Now, just kind of stepping outside of the the little dramatization there, how do we interpret that sometimes as being optionally on our plate? Let me go back to the uh, John chapter 20 piece. I read from verse 21, and in verse 19, just prior to that, this is a story that occurs after Jesus had resurrected from the dead. Uh, on Verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. First of all, it's cool that the doors are locked, and boom, Jesus is there. Awesome. But it makes it very clear that the disciples are terrified of the Jews. They just watched the most powerful man that they've ever known, that they've ever met, get mercilessly killed by the Jews who sent them to the Romans, and the Roman soldiers did their thing. They're terrified. They've closed the windows. They've locked the doors. And Jesus has to say to them twice, peace be with you. Verse 19, peace be with you. Verse 21, peace 
be with you. But then he doesn't coddle them. He says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. We can't just stay here here in this room. You have to go get them. Those people that you're terrified of, that you're looking through the, the slots of the window there, that you're terrified of what they might do to you, you have to go get them. It's understandable that there will be fear. Regardless of your fear and you, and, and you being terrified, you have to go do something about it. Regardless of, of your disinterest on this topic, perhaps, regardless of your fear or anxiety or what may be stirred up with you with regard to global outreach and, and impacting all the nations, what, your busyness, your overly stretched, you have too much on your plate, whatever that might be, regardless of all that, it is not optional for us to be a part of God's plan and mission to reach all nations. It's not an option for the church at large. It's not an option for Mountain Park Community Church. It's not an option for you. Now, my hope this morning, one of my quick little hopes this morning, is that, and I didn't see anybody here, but that, that, that nobody listened to the first 10 minutes and then slipped out before I flipped that around on you. Because then they would, that's taking a message out of context. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, you're all here. Good, because you've heard this part where we flipped it around. It is not an option. It's understandable that we would want it to be an option, that we would want it to be removed from our plate. It's understandable because there's this sense of, what am I going to do? What, what could I possibly contribute to this situation? I know in my life, it feels like it takes about 8,000 joules of energy to get my kids to put their dishes in the dishwasher. Boom, that's about all I have for that moment. How am I supposed to have any thought or energy or time to have an impact on the world, what God is doing around the world? The problem with this whole idea of of impacting the world outside of the world we naturally participate in is despair. The problem is just how could I possibly make any difference in the Screwtape Letters, which is written by C.S. Lewis, which is a, a very creative perspective of, of the enemies of God trying to discourage the followers of God. It's from the perspective of, of Satan's workers. And in that book, C.S. Lewis at one point he says, despair is a greater sin than any of the sins that provoke it. Despair is a greater sin than any of the sins that provoke it. What I think he means by that is that when we enter into despair, we shut down. We're done. We just check out. We no longer think. We no longer feel. And we certainly no longer do anything about it. So we have all this information. We go to globalrichlist.com. We find out where we stand around the world. And we get uh, data and we read books and we we see commercials and we um, have conversations and we learn and we learn more about what's happening around the world and and we have a sense of despair. What am I possibly going to do about that? What what kind of a difference could I possibly make? And we get debilitated by the numbers, the billions, the millions, and the thousands. But Jesus... He says throughout Scripture, his, his stories, he says, the one matters. He says, if for you to just go in and, and make a little scratch or a dent in God's overall plan, that matters. You need to understand that, that a scratch matters. How do you eat an elephant? 
one bite at a time, and lots of barbecue sauce. <laughs> one scratch, one dent, one little effect at a time. The whole chapter of Luke 15 is the words of Jesus, and there are three separate parables that blast this home. Luke 15 begins with Jesus saying, there are times to leave the 99 sheep and go after the one because the one really matters. And then he talks about a woman who loses a coin. She has 10 coins. She loses one in her house. She cleans and turns over the whole house because she wants to find that one coin, and she celebrates when she finds the one coin. And then there's a beautiful story of the father who holds a huge party because his prodigal son, his one prodigal son, returns home. May we not enter into despair because how are we possibly going to make any difference? Because God is very interested in a small scratch, in a small dent. He's always interested in one. You can make a difference. Now, despair is powerful. But despair only kicks in when we have the information. Despair kicks in when we think about the, the, the numbers, or we do read a book or have conversations or see videos or whatever, and we learn more about what's going on. And then despair kicks in. But I think for some of us, we don't even get to the point of despair because we're so distant, we're so removed from it, it doesn't even have the opportunity to bring us to despair. Because some of us here in this church, some of us, we live in the Ahwatukee bubble. And it is a safe, beautiful, comfortable bubble. We love the Ahwatukee bubble. And, and, and some have a hard time crossing the mammoth chasm that is I-10. <laughs> and it's so unique to go there. And so you go there with your family, and you cross over, and you go, wow. <laughs> Look at that. Look, check it out. It's like we're on safari or something. We go all across I-10. And you say to the kids, you say, to bring a book, bring uh, your iPod or something, because uh, we are going all the way to Chandler Mall. And you, you never know what could happen on that long of a journey. And we, we check the pressure in the tires and, and then the whole deal, because we're heading over. Because we live in the Ahwatukee bubble. In the Old Testament that we're reading, uh, the section that we're reading in the Old Testament with our Bible reading plan, we're in the first uh, few books, and, and in the, the, the first few books of the Bible, uh, there's a whole lot of animal slaughters, a whole lot of animal sacrifices, and, and many, many, many animals are being cut up, and blood is being splashed around and thrown around, and, and I've heard from a number of you who are reading this through and go, well, what's with all the blood? I mean, it's, it's disgusting. It's barbaric. It just, it doesn't connect with our world at all. There's just, it's just so odd. Why would God want to do that? Why is that in the Holy Scriptures? It's just odd. It's just so distant. It's so, it's so weird. And we say, I don't understand it at all. And we fold it and we put the Bible down and we say, well, I'll read it again tomorrow, but we'll see. And then we go to the kitchen and we open up a package from, from AJ's that has a beautiful steak in it. And we get that steak out and it's, it's like this was before it got the black lines on it. And we're excited. It is a... It is going to be a juicy, delicious, wonderful steak. And we think that God provided steaks like that to AJ's. That God, just like dropping manna from heaven, God just provides steaks, and AJ's just has to wrap them up. That there's no, there's no blood involved. There's no animals. There's no killing involved because that's outside of the Ahwatukee bubble. 
I just go and I, and I eat my steak, and it's wonderfully delicious. The Awatuki bubble is Disneyland. It's Disneyland. And there's a whole lot of things that happen behind the scenes that we don't have to think about or we don't have to care about. Just because something is outside of our experience, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Just because we don't think about things happening around us, it doesn't mean they're not happening. Obviously, we live in Disneyland. We are the top 1% of the wealthiest people in the world. And in most of our lives, it is a sterilized Disneyland world. Now, I know bad things can happen in Disneyland. I know there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Bad things can happen to Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland. I, for, at one point, lost one of my children. I mean, I understand bad things can happen in Disneyland. But for the most part, we don't want this big thing on our plate because we like Disneyland. We want to stay in Disneyland. We like Disneyland. If we take our relationship with Jesus seriously, and I know many of you do, if we take Scripture seriously, then this is not an option. This is not an option. You have a role to play. If you want to jump in in terms of having an impact on the world to reach the nations, one of the greatest ways for you to jump in is to become informed, is to learn more about what Scripture has to say, what, what is God's overall story with this, because it is not talked about as much as a number of other topics. We're excited in the fall or in, uh, in February of next year to offer a course here at Mountain Park called Pathways. And this is, uh, this is a big deal that we get to offer this course. This is not a kind of deal where we throw a, C, a DVD in the machine and we watch and then we uh, discuss in groups afterwards, which is great. I mean, we've done that a number of times and that's a great way to stir up a number of things. This, this is a big deal. We're, we're flying in experts in, in these areas from, from a number of different places for a 13-week course There'll be a, a number of people from other churches who are going to come because they want to be a part of the Pathways course. And it even costs money. Uh, oftentimes, uh, uh, if we don't pay for something, we don't see value in it. It's a $200 course that they're, uh, we're setting up now to be able to do it for $100 per person. And Mountain Park is subsidizing half of that, so it's only $49. I know I sounded like a, a bad uh, salesman there, but it, but it really is. It's $49 for you to enter a 13-week journey to become informed of God's heart to reach the nations. This course is not just for those who are freaky Christian full-time missionaries. It's for any and all of us to learn more about what God is doing. What you'll learn in this course is that God has a heart to reach all the nations. What you'll learn is that of the 7 billion people in the world, whatever, however many there are, there's about 1.6 billion who continue to be, after 2,000 years, who continue to be unreached. Now, an unreached person is not your neighbor who rats on you to the homeowners association. That, that's not an unreached person. Okay, they have access to the, to the gospel. They have access to churches. The Awatuki bubble is not an unreached area. The 1.6 billion refers to unreached people of the world who do not have a Christian church that they could go to. 
do not have a, a, pre, a Christian presence where they can learn about the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's not Awatuki. You'll learn through this course, um, uh, among many other things, that 97%, over 97% of missionaries, Christian missionaries, go to places that are already predominantly Christian, that are already Christian. Less than 3% of missionaries get sent to the 1.6 billion people in parts of the world that are unreached. Less than 3%. What role might God want you to play in his heart to reach the nations? Maybe it means for you to take this course, to take the Pathways course, and it'll stretch you. It'll be a dangerous journey. It'll challenge you. Maybe some of you, you're hitting the ground running. You're already, you're already halfway there with all of this stuff, and you're not sure what to do. You've got energy burning for all of this. There is a task force here at Mountain Park that is teaming up with the Pathways organization to, in order to make that happen here at Mountain Park in an extraordinary way. There is a team, but they need uh, people to join them on that team. If you want to join that team or to participate in Pathways, in the lobby by the uh, welcome area is a table just like this with folks who would love to talk with you about the Pathways journey that begins in February. You can either be on the task force team to help set it up, or you can join the course in February for 49 bucks and see what God does to your heart. There are a number of ways to jump in with your role in terms of reaching the nations. Maybe uh, for some of you, uh, it, it's time for you to invest some of your resources into that. that. Here in a few weeks, we're going to be doing our annual Christmas outreach offering, which means that every dollar that comes in goes outside of these walls to bless people. And maybe this year, you will participate in that in a way that you never have before. Who, who knows what might be, might be going on there? Or maybe God is calling you to go. Maybe God is calling you to go make disciples to all nations, to leave the Awatuki bubble and to go and see and smell and taste and touch what God is doing around the world. Our global outreach strategy has three levels of involvement. Level one is easy, family-friendly, short, inexpensive Right now, we go to Rocky Point, Mexico. And as long as that is a safe place for us to go, we will continue to go to Rocky Point. And we go and we uh, serve the people of that town in, in small uh, yet significant ways. There's a team that's there right now, and they're coming back tonight. And perhaps you could be a part of the next team that goes to Rocky Point, join with a group of people to get your feet wet. Go and see other places of the world beyond I-10. Level two of an outreach strategy is a little further away. It's a little longer of a commitment, a little bit more money to get there. We have a long-term relationship with a sister church in Honduras with Pastor Jaime. It's been a number of years that we've connected with them. And so you can go on that trip and you can see and experience a part of the world that many of you have never seen. You may have gone to a number of uh, third world countries, but you're right on the outskirts where all the money is, perhaps. Maybe you haven't been in the places on the inside that God knows just as much as the places on the outside. Uh, we have an annual Honduras trip that goes in February. And uh, it's, uh, it's usually a 10-day journey. 
Is it 10 days? 10-day journey. And Greg says that there are still spots available for, the, for next year's Honduras trip. Not too many, but there are a few spots available. And maybe God is nudging on your heart for you to go. If God calls on your heart to go in whatever level, level one, level two, level three, I'll talk about that in just a moment, and you ignore that, you will experience unrest until you respond to it. You can ignore it for a long time. You can remove it from your plate for a long time. You will experience unrest. If you know God is calling you to something like that, you are better off responding to that in a positive way. Go. Level three is a developing strategy uh, in terms of reaching an unreached part of the world. We've been working on this for a few years. There was a, uh, a couple from our uh, church that went to India for a number of months to try to explore and see how that was going to work. And they're still connected very much with people in India and trying to figure out how we may uh, participate with unreached uh, parts of India, which is an enormous um, area where um, unreached people are. We're not sure exactly what part of the world God is calling us to yet. We haven't identified who the person is or the team or the couple or whatever that we are to send to be a part of our church. Uh, Pathways is a significant part of understanding this level three uh, part of our strategy. Who knows? Maybe someone here in this room is is in the process of being stirred to go and, and, and increase that 3%. Who knows what God's doing here? But we, we can't let go of this. We've got to continue to stir this up and find out, God, what, in what way are you uniquely calling us? I know you have a lot on your plate. I know that you would like to remove things from your plate rather than add things to your plate. But when we're serious about Scripture, this is not an option. This big, beautiful, meaty thing is not an option in terms of being on our plate. Now, for some of you, I know I've kind of lost you because you're vegetarians, and that's pretty disgusting. <laughs> and, and there's a lot, I know, there's a lot of vegetarians here at Mountain Park, and I get that, I respect that totally. Like I said before, however, if God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them out of meat. But, but... <laughs> But the, the metaphor can only go so far, right? There's this part of us deciding what's going to be on my plate. Of all the things that are stirred up, that stir up my heart and my mind, which are the things that I'm going to prioritize that are going to be on my plate? And this is a major deal in Scripture that we are called to use, as I talked about last week, to use our unique relationships and abilities to have an impact on our world, the people that we do life with. And we are called to use our unique abilities and personalities and strengths and resources to have an impact on the world, on God's overall plan to reach the nations. What role do you plan to play? This is not an option. It's a mandate. Go. Make disciples of all nations, Jesus says. I want to give you an opportunity here to to respond to God today. And if you are new with us, what we do is the band comes out and there'll be a number of different options here in the room. You can come to the cross and, and write something on a red piece of paper and nail it to the cross, something that you brought in that you don't want to take out with you. 
This is an opportunity for you in a number of different ways. They're listed in your program. You can ask a neighbor around you what's this all about. For you to consider participating. And you can respond in a way that is very much connected with, the, with this message of God's heart to reach the nations. Or maybe there's something else on your heart or in your mind that you need to deal with with God right now. Please don't miss this opportunity. If you are a new or just visiting with us, you can just sit. You can participate if you'd like. You can just sit and, uh, and sing and, and, uh, and journal, think, pray, whatever you feel God wants to use this time for. But let's take a moment and respond to God and His heart to reach the nations. Will you pray with me? Father, there's a, a natural desire for us to remove things from our plate. There's a natural desire to say, I'm, I'm just overly stretched. And there are things that need to be removed from many of our plates. But God, I think you make it very clear in Scripture that your heart to reach the nations of the world is not optional. God, I pray protection in this room for for guilt and anxiety, that's not the way you motivate us. I pray instead for your grace and your love and your courage and your inspiration to fill this room so that we can know what role you want us to play, whether it's the use of our, our resources, whether it's participating in being informed and learning more about what your heart is, whether it is to go at some level and see the world more closely the way you see it. God, would you inspire us in these next few moments in terms of what role you want us to play to reach the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.